Part 2, Chapter 20 of The Introduction to the Devout Life by St. Francis de Sales. This is a Discerning Hearts recording read by Corey Webb. Of Frequent Communion It is said that Mithridates, king of Pontus, who invented the poison called after him Mithridate, so thoroughly impregnated his system with it that when eventually he tried to poison himself to avoid becoming the Roman slave, he never could succeed. The Savior instituted the most holy sacrament of the Eucharist, really containing his body and his blood, in order that they who eat it might live forever. And therefore, whosoever receives it frequently and devoutly, so strengthens the health and life of his soul, that it is hardly possible for him to be poisoned by any evil desires. We cannot be fed by that living flesh and hold to the affections of death, and just as our first parents could not die in paradise, because of the tree of life which God has placed there, so this sacrament of life makes spiritual death impossible. The most fragile, easily spoiled fruits such as cherries, apricots, and strawberries can be kept all the year by being preserved in sugar or honey. So what wonder if our hearts, frail and weakly as they are, are kept from the corruption of sin when they are preserved in the sweetness, sweeter than honey and the honeycomb, of the incorruptible body and blood of the Son of God. O oh, my daughter, those Christians who are lost will indeed have no answer to give when the just judge sets before them that they have voluntarily died the spiritual death, since it was so easy for them to have preserved life and health by eating his body, which he gave them for that very end. Miserable men, he will say, wherefore would you die with the bread of life itself in your hands? As to daily communion, I neither commend or condemn it, but with respect to communicating every Sunday, I counsel and exhort everyone to do so, providing the mind has no attachment to sin. So says St. Augustine, and with him I neither find fault nor unconditionally commend daily communion, leaving the matter to the discretion of every person's own spiritual guide, as the requisite dispositions for such frequent communion are too delicate for one to advise it indiscriminately. On the other hand, these very special dispositions may be found in sundry devout souls, and therefore it would not be well to discourage everybody. It is a subject which must be dealt with according to each individual mind. It were imprudent to advise such frequent communion to all, while on the other hand, it would be presumptuous to blame any one for it, especially if he therein follows the advice of some wise director. St. Catherine of Siena, when blamed for her frequent communions under the plea that St. Augustine neither commended nor condemned daily communion, replied gently, Well then, since St. Augustine does not condemn it neither, I pray you, do you condemn it, and I shall be content. But St. Augustine earnestly exhorts all to communicate every Sunday, and as I presume, my daughter, that you have no attachment either to mortal or venial sins, you are in the condition which St. Augustine requires, and if your spiritual father approves, you may profitably communicate more frequently. Nevertheless, there are various hindrances which may arise, not so much from yourself as from those among whom you live, which may lead a wise director to tell you not to communicate so often. For instance, if you are in a position of subjection, and those whom you are bound to obey should be so ignorant or so prejudiced as to be uneasy at your frequent communions, all things considered, it may be well to show consideration for their weakness and to make your communion fortnightly only, of course where there is no possible way of overcoming the difficulty otherwise but one cannot give any general rule on such a point. Each person must follow the advice of their own spiritual guide. Only this much I will say, that monthly communions are the very fewest which anyone seeking to serve God devoutly can make. 
If you are discreet, neither father nor mother, husband nor wife will ever hinder you from communicating frequently. And because on the day of your communion you will give good heed always to be more than usually gentle and amiable towards them, doing all you can to please them, so that they are not likely to prevent your doing a thing which in no wise inconveniences themselves, unless they were most particularly unreasonable and perverse, in which case, as I have said, your director might advise you to yield. There is nothing in the married life to hinder frequent communion. Most certainly the Christians of the primitive church communicated daily, whether married or single. Neither is any malady a necessary impediment except, indeed, anything producing constant sickness. Those who communicate weekly must be free from mortal sin and also from any attachment to venial sin, and they should feel a great desire for communion. But for daily communion, people should furthermore have conquered most of their inclinations to evil, and no one should practice it without the advice of their spiritual guide.